Dark and Stormy Podcast presents The Game of the Lost. I'm Jim Nelson, your host and Dungeon Master. We play a classic Dungeons & Dragons game with one twist. The players have been taken into the game world as themselves. If you've ever wondered what it would be like to live in a swords and sorcery story, look no further. You have arrived in the game of the lost. We're telling our story every week, so if you missed past episodes, go ahead and catch up. We'll be here when you get back. One thing we wanted to do with this podcast is get right to the action. You might have noticed we didn't spend a lot of time introducing ourselves, and that was in the effort to let you get right into the game. We do want to give you more background on everyone and everything, so over the next few games we'll be dividing our broadcast. While the podcast will follow the characters in their adventures, we're providing some of the conversations we've had around character creation and world building. Short recap of last episode. Don, Matt, and Tracy, or the characters that are increasingly behaving like Martalos, Sanwellius, and Aurelia, went in search of Chunga slash Jim and found a fortune teller who was able to divine some further complexities of that task. Chunga was indeed inhabited by Jim, but something or someone else was vying for control of Chunga, an ancient necromancer called Ingshan Zul, who excelled in possession, and it was suggested that the ancient sorcerer's knife Chunga had found in the wilds held a connection to Ingshan Zul. The party is on their way to Ash Hill to seek out Chunga's place of residence and to find Chunga or Jim, or perhaps Ingshan Zul. We'll pick up there in the game of the lost. I think we left off with, uh, you finished up with some fortune teller who knew a little bit too much sometimes. But, what did uh, she know again? Refresh us. Well, she knew that Chunga was actually possessed by me. And she also knew that Chunga was possessed by a necromancer of the Thrumku people called Ingsheng Zul. Was he possessed? Almost by Zul and Jim at the same time? That's what the spell <clears throat> told her when she divined that, is that Chungan was full of people. <laughs> Zul. Zul. Not yeah. Zur. Ingshan and the Kodan Armada. And you knew that Chunga had moved to Ash Hill, presumably because he lives there. And it was- Is that a play on words, Ash Hill? You Ash Hill. <laughs> no, it's not actually. Okay. It's Ash Hill because that's where the crematorium is. Yes, I know. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. That's, that's, and so they sense. just call it Ash Hill. And obviously nobody wants to live by the smell of cooking bodies. Tends to drive down real estate prices. That's. I don't know. Sin might be all right with it. If he's the one doing the cooking. <laughs> he does like meat. And he doesn't like humans. I wonder at what point they cross over into food. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Inferior species? I mean, you know, you never know. Let us know what happens with that now. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll have to think on it. <laughs> I thought you were going to go to Ash Hill to seek out Chunga's place of residence. That is correct. 
Did we actually find his place of residence? We were just told Ash Hill, so we're just going to wander Ash Hill. Yeah, you got directions to Ash Hill. Aimlessly, well, no, and hope that we come across him. So and and he's from there, so presumably if we asked around, somebody will say, oh, yeah, yeah. I know that jerk. Yeah, you get a lot of that where everybody kind of knows Chunga for whatever okay. reason. Nobody seems, to be terribly, nobody seems to be terribly keen <clears throat> on him. So maybe he's that guy who comes around and collects protection money or there's something nefarious with him and the Chimichunga gang, so... We could actually tell people that we're here to collect from Chunga. Oh, that would be interesting. People might steer us in his direction because they hate him. Possibly. Just throwing out options. We head toward Ash Hill, right? Okay. So the instructions you got to go to Ash Hill were go down toward the center of town, town square. Inside the square, you notice as you get down there, there's a, there's a giant fountain with four peacocks that are spraying water from the center of the fountain. Live peacocks? Nope. They're <laughs> statuesque. <laughs> that would be cool. Which is kind of a marvel in this day and age. Yeah. That's, Ancient fountains, yeah. It's yeah. a thing. It's interesting. As you get down to the center, the town seems to be fairly populated. I think it's still pretty early in the morning, right? It's probably like you left in the morning, you went down, you got your, to the market, you wandered around the market, maybe an hour, maybe two. You guys remember how time is Oh, right. There's there. two told. And that was the conversation you had in the bar, too, is that Chunga left after a second toll. What do you need to know is anything more specific for? <laughs> All right. Yeah, so still before first toll. And will remind me where the tolls at sun up, sundown, or I think midnight, it was high noon, noon. Or midnight. So as soon as the sun's overhead, you expect the toll will happen. And Sen and Martalos and Elia know, kind of know that instinctually. When you think about time, you think in that. Although the elves know time in a different manner, completely different manner. And when we have an hour to talk about that, we can. Do we have any <laughs> sense of the season here? Is yes. it cold? Is it warm? Is it springish? Fall? Yes. Well, because the leaves are turning a little bit, you're assuming it's an autumn. And it's a little chilly, but there's still a lot of leaves on the tree. Okay. So your best guess is early autumn, maybe? Could be a cold late summer, but probably early autumn. You get down to the Peacock Fountain, people running around. The thing you do notice about most people is that everybody is dressed poorly. You know, it's it's almost like in this culture, it's not even really a thing. Like it, they just don't have a lot of clothes on? Or? No, no, no. They're, well, some people don't have a lot of clothes on, but, but people are just wrapped in rags and the cloaks are torn and boots are oftentimes bound to their legs with leather or maybe furs if it looks even more... You know, fancy. People just don't really have a sense of style as far as you can tell. It's just as long as I'm covered and as long as I'm warm, that's about it. I'll be right at home here. Yeah. No fashion sense. Yeah. Perfect. That's that's it. When you get down to the Peacock Fountain, the Green Peacock Fountain, you were told to take a right and that you would hit the market in Ash Hill where you would be able to ask around for Chunga. Have we been walking up a hill? It's, it's a good question. You've been walking fairly steady until you take that right. And then you can see even the incline as you start to move up. It's not severe, but you can tell that it's going uphill and the road starts to wind to get a little bit more bumpy and stuff. Is it cobble or is it dirt? Mm -hmm. It's cobble. Still. Yeah, it's kind of this old cobblestone. Okay. So we're just going to head on up the hill. And as you get up the hill, it opens up. There are some buildings, and the buildings are all one story. So it's more people's housing, houses. Yes, more housing. But people are, there's no real zoning laws here, which is Tracy, Don, and Matt. 
you realize that somebody's probably selling things out of their house and at nighttime they lock their door and go to sleep. But you'll see people with stuff on their porch, maybe there's somebody selling beer or ale. That's exactly what I think we should be looking for is some sort of a tavern or something like that because that's the place you know he's going to be there in this district or will have been there or they will know him there at any right. beer hall in the area so we should find a beer hall. Because you know how Jim, how he really likes to drink. I don't care about Jim. I think Chunga is running the show at the moment. <laughs> um, or, so, of course I care I mean, about Jim. No, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm with you. I, or I'm this with. other thing. What was it called? Yeah, that's Same a little concerning, Zool. that whole Zool. I, I think of in reference to um, Ghostbusters. Wasn't it Zool? I believe it was Zool, yeah. yeah. I'm basically just saying that with a slur and hoping <laughs> ancient, it sounds like a drunken ancient. Ancient. <laughs> is that Ainchung? Is that it's part like, of Chunga? Uh, do a wisdom. Maybe you're onto something. <laughs> just tell him you made it. Success. Well, I, I'm not onto anything. What'd you roll? I I'm just curious now because you've been rolling so But badly. I've got a negative one, so <laughs> I think for sure it's Ghostbusters. <laughs> and I think Zool common part of the God Zool, they had to come from someplace. <clears throat> yeah. Since there I'm seems thinking. to be some sort of link, like because I have a dagger that's somewhat similar, I'm gonna search my memory, that would be the memory of Mortalos, mm-hmm. to see if that name means anything. Go ahead and roll uh, intelligence. I guess that's a 15. Ancient Zul. It was confusing before because Don was hearing ancient for a couple of those times. And then finally... That's very true. Martellos. Everybody knows this. Not, it doesn't escape me that the name is very similar to ancient. Martellos, it kind of clicks. He was one of the royal family uh, who was deep into the necromantic arts. Royal family in Thromku? Okay. There was something about bad blood where he was either sent away or went away to one of his towers, never to be heard of again. There were apprentices. And the one thing you do know also about the Thromku people is that they have mastered. And you know this, although it's not shared with anybody. So so unless you're Thromku, you wouldn't know this. They've mastered the art of teleportation. Mm. But it's more like what we would consider a teleportation circle. So you can't just teleport from any one point to any one point. But they have right. put up teleportation points around the lands here. And oftentimes the sorcerer's tower will be a teleportation circle. Well, friends, shall we um look for a beer hall then? Sure, I think that sounds like a good a good step. So it's probably late morning, I'm assuming, at this point. Yeah, it's 11 about... Z's. Oh, I like it. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that'll catch on here. Well, it's before first toll as far as you guys are concerned, but you can see the sun coming set in the sky. So we should talk this through a little bit. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Jim to just get up and walk away, right? Right. <clears throat> um, if I remember right, Chunga and his gang had... Dead gang. Yes, his previous gang, but when they were still alive, they had gone and done some sort of grave robbery or um, excavated a barrow or something. I can't remember exactly what he said, but that's where he got that dagger. Right. It makes sense that maybe if what this fortune teller said is correct, 
maybe there is in fact some other entity riding Chunga's skin and it was linked to or, the grave. Uh, yes, that it escaped from there. So I think it makes a lot of sense for us to come here and ask around because if anybody has seen Chunga, but I don't think Jim or Chunga are in control of the situation right now. And um, I, if I were to guess, I would guess we would not find any information here and we'll probably have to go towards that barrow. I mean, kind of registers with me that it would want to go back to where its body is entombed and I don't know. Maybe. Or perhaps it has an entirely different agenda that we know nothing about. But we're already here now, so we might as well see if Chunga was wandering the neighborhood this morning. Absolutely. Out of curiosity, were you saying this in Elven? Would that be your default? I can never tell. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> okay. Because well, we all speak Elven, so... Oh, that, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah definitely then. Because I was just going to compliment you on writing Chunga's skin. That's a beautiful elven phrase. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it. Your well, poetry. He has a house or some sort of place that he lives, right? So that could also be. It's worth a stop in. Right. Right. What else do we know about Chunga? Because um, it was Jim, really, that we spoke with. I mean, it really. <clears throat> that you thought he was good or looking. was it? I remember that. Oh, yeah, he is good looking. I mean, Jim is good looking. Still traces, <laughs> I know, even though. Yeah, that's another thing we should maybe talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I continually find myself thinking of myself more as Sen than as Matt, and that's a little bit alarming. Especially here where no one seems to know the three of us. What should we call each other slash ourselves? Uh, well, as Martalos, like I would say that you can just call me Martalos. Okay. Not Marty. Okay. Martalos. Ooh, ooh, I've got it. I would prefer it if you refer to me as Sen, uh, even when you're talking to me as myself, as Matt, because it's a common theme, names having power. And that entity that sent us here, or maybe that pre-recording on our way here, right. indicated that our names have power, at least to ourselves. Um And it seems to me that keeping our true names to ourselves is probably for the best until we have more knowledge about um, any any hold they could have over us if they were to fall into nefarious hands. Right. I would presume if we're going to use our real names along the way, it's probably us sending one another a sign of like, hey, Matt, remember this, that, the other thing to draw your attention to something from the earthly world. Okay. To kind of draw attention to it. So if we use your real name, that's, it's saying something. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. Well, Marty, I'm going to continue. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Name, then. Right out of the gates. Right out of the gates. <laughs> I should not have thrown down the gauntlet like that. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as you're having this conversation coming up the hill toward uh, the market of Ash Hill, you start to smell what you must assume is the constant burning of bodies because there is a gray Why smoke is there a constant the burning of bodies is my question. Well, There's a lot <laughs> yeah, of dead people here. It's not continual, but right now it's going. It's coming up on noon and there is a... Bring say, out your dead! <laughs> <laughs> when I say constant, I mean it's happening right now. Okay. So they're clearly burning bodies right now. It's not good. You guys have driven down towards uh, Bountiful when you pass that really smelly refinery. Yeah. It's got to be that for these guys as well. It's just awful. Well, this is even worse than the smell of 
pee in the tavern we came from. I don't think I could drink anything <laughs> with this in the air. Right. Yeah, your elven senses are really assaulted here. But as you come up and you view this makeshift market, it seems like there is some housing on each side. Nothing's really labeled. You don't see a sign that says tavern. You don't see any sort of iconography that indicates what is what. Is but everybody wearing fabric masks? In 95 <laughs> respirators. <laughs> Uh, no, no one else seems to really notice at all. People are just going about their day. It seems like a fairly actually, cheery place. If there's, if I have a scarf or something, I'm actually going to kind of tie something up and over. Maybe you have a drape scarf? It over. Sure. You can bring it into Vogue right now. And drape it kind of over my head so it looks maybe not quite, but just... That's actually a really interesting question. So given how practically garbed everyone else is here, looking at ourselves, um, are we... Do we fit in? Probably not. Not at all. The only person that kind of fits in is Martalos. You are correct. Yeah. yeah. He's very nondescript in his clothing. From your instruction last time, you keep your hood up most of the time. Correct. So if you guys put your hoods up and wrap your faces with scarves, you know, it would just seem like three strangers. You're obviously not going to be mistaken for anything but strangers. Okay. And well, elves. Possibly lepers. Well, Matt and you, Tracy, look. You just scream, Elvin. You can say it. There's a regal bearing about us <laughs> due to our heritage. And you just can't cover that up. <laughs> I thought about it much like when Tracy and I went to Europe on our honeymoon. Everybody knew we were American. And I asked him how. And most people couldn't identify why. But they just knew. And then one person finally said, I think it's your shoes. <laughs> Did you have white shoes? No, we didn't have white shoes. No, because that's a, that's usually a tell. Yeah, yeah. white yeah, shoes yeah, and baseball sure. cap. But you're just from a different culture, yeah. and it's an elven culture. And if anybody here knows that, they kind of know you're elven. Most people, quite frankly, because just nobody really travels far from home, might not even know that. But there are plenty of people around, plenty of tents. There's people selling sausage, chicken. That's what kind of catches Ooh, your attention. Sausage Matt. next to the crematorium. I <laughs> dare you. I dare you to try the sausage. Go ahead. Nothing goes non way. You had a lizard on a stick last time. Yeah. Let's go get some sausage. That's so funny. <laughs> Ash Hill sausage. Ground fresh daily. <laughs> There's meat pies down at the. <laughs> yeah. You get looks. People don't engage you, but as you walk through, some give you kind of. You know, sort of nervous, obsequious nods. Anybody whose attention I get at some point, I'll just look at him and go, beer? Sure. Turn around. Yeah. Yeah, he's right over there. And you see the tallest building. He points to that building. Let's make our way to that building. Okay. All right, you guys head over there and you step inside. And it is a tavern. There are people standing around. There's no bar, though. That's the interesting thing. There's tables, there's kegs of what well, must be multiple types of ale and beer. There's some foods, but everything's laid on kind of a center table and everybody's gathered around standing. There's not a lot of seats either. People are just chit-chatting. As you guys walk in, everybody gets a little quiet. <laughs> Scan the room and see if we see. Make a charisma check for me. Seven. 17. <clears throat> mm. You're killing it. Three. Nice. Martalos knows the drill here. He steps inside, and as people look, he kind of quickly ducks to the side and remains somewhat out of Leaving the sight, elves completely out of, exposed out of to everybody. As he steps forward, the elves stand there, looking broadly <laughs> yep. around the room as if over the top of a rise. People are just going to look at you, like, and then people turn away and start to carry on their conversations. Yeah. Sure, sure. Okay, well, let's just roll with that awkwardness. I'll just kind of yell out, uh, 
Chunga? Anybody seen Chunga in here? No one responds. Well, I guess he's not here. I'm going to look around for where are people getting the beers and ales from? Is there somebody serving it? Is there a place, a person? They yeah, there seems to? to be a man and a woman, both of them running around. They're, no one's in a real hurry. You just happen to notice this guy bringing three mugs to a table, kind of setting them on the table, scooping up a couple of coppers and moving off. So you're assuming that's a proprietor or a barkeep or something. I'm going to cast friends. Mm-hmm. Hello there, friend. Hello. I'm going to guess that perhaps an old friend of ours, Chunga, occasionally is seen here, and I was hoping you might be able to provide me some information as to if you've seen him lately and what other haunts around here we might find him at. 18. He doesn't want to meet your eyes for a minute, and then as you start to talk, he seems to be magnetized uh, towards you, and then by the time you finish your sentence, he's kind of looking quite earnest at you. Oh, yeah, Chunga. Oh, frankly, I haven't seen him since a week ago. He hasn't been up here. But if I see him, I'll certainly let you know. Who should I tell him who's looking for him? Martalos. Martalos. He's not in trouble, is he? Only a little. Well, that's good. Usually he's in a lot. Is there somewhere else that we might find him at? Does he have a, a hovel around here someplace? Oh, sure. You could go out. Any points? Oh, yeah. He has a little place over there. It's nothing special. It's... Just one of those tents, because he doesn't spend a whole lot of time here, you know? He's gone a lot. Hmm. So you could check that out, but I'll certainly tell him Martalos was looking for him. No, I'd, maybe you shouldn't. Oh, right. Right. Got it. Very good. I will not tell him Martalos is looking for him. What's with the elves? They've come to collect. Well, you just had a little trouble. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I didn't say that, did I? Well, I, uh, I don't know what you said. Uh, who are you? Who are you, who are you looking for? <laughs> uh, thank you for your time. Absolutely, friend. You come back anytime. Head back to the uh, elves who are standing Still out. Still standing in the door with the wind blowing through the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently he has a tent, but they haven't seen him here in a week. Has a so tent? That's what he said. He directed me to it, so perhaps we should go see if there's anything there worth seeing. People live in tents here. They said he's not around very much, which kind of follows with what we've heard. Mm. Him and his gang. It's good to having advantage because I rolled a 12 and a 1. Did you really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So um, I could probably just look at those house rules again, but maybe it's good to even have a little bit on the mic for for people. But so charm um, or friendship, we're doing it so it's a little more subtle. Yeah, charm and any sort of enchantment where you persuade the emotions of another person. How I'll be judging that is what do you do with that power? What do you do with that advantage? Charm person or when you cast friends, it's never really made that much sense to me. I know Don and I have talked about this. Mages would make a spell to where it's like a one shot charm and then they just basically want to kill you, right? Not a whole lot of those mages would have survived, right? In my world, in my view, charm and enchantments work as well as you just hit it off with somebody. Now, if you take advantage of that, or if you press them too hard on things they you might need, but they don't want to give up, at that point, they'll have to determine, well, why did I do that? Why I wouldn't have done that. You know, at that point, it becomes a little bit of a cognitive dissonance, right? And so that might happen. And so I'll always be kind of watching that as you guys interact. I made one friend, and he said that he had not seen Chunga. 
in a week or so. And then he directed me to a tent that he says Chunga uses, apparently. So I thought we'd go take a look at that and see if perhaps there's anything there. Well, that's what he said. A tent. <laughs> High living. <laughs> so you walk over to the tents and the smell, if possible, gets worse. And you don't know if you're moving toward the crematorium or if it's just this little enclave of tents here. But it's just it's not tent. good. It's I, just Chunga's tent. I'm going to... I just have this overwhelming, I know I can do something about the smell. And all of a sudden I just do some flicker of my hand onto my scarf and I have a smell of lavender. Mm. Uh, yeah. Just okay. that's going to kind of be on my scarf that I have around my head and face. Perfect. Yeah. And it works. No one else really even notices because your mouth is covered. Right. Kind of the magic smells a little bit muffled, mm. but it's good enough and you... Smells like lavender. Yep. I right. just reflexively use prestidigitation to clean myself every so often. There's some nasty joke in here about um, tent by the crematorium analog with van by the river, but I can't quite, <laughs> can't quite nail it. might even be a river. You're not quite sure where you're at exactly. But yeah, you walk over here. Well, there seem to be some rustling in a couple of the different, a couple of the tents, two of the tents. There's some movement. You kind of see a little bit of the rustle here a little bit. But nothing's really happening. The fire has been put out. Uh, but there's, you know, you could tell there was a there was a fire this morning. And what do you do? Is it just these three tents? It's just those three tents. And did he reference which one it was? He just pointed over there. I point questioningly towards the one that's got some wrestling. Chunga? Uh, a large man steps out. You're not Chunga. Nope. Have Neither you seen you. him? Have I seen... Yes. Have you seen Chunga? Who's asking? Well, well, I am. And who are you? Ariella. All right. Uh, uh, who are the rest of you? That's a fantastic question, sir. Have you seen Chunga? Hmm. All right. Well, here's the problem as I see it. I don't know who any of you are, really. And Chunga, well, he's a very particular fellow, you know. Meaning that he always likes to know who's going to come visiting, you know. Given that, I'd have to say no. I haven't seen Chunga. Friends. But we are friends of Chunga. <clears throat> we were with him last evening, and we were trying to find him this morning. He just kind of wandered off on us. So that's going to be 22. Well, why didn't you say so? I just did. Well, you have to understand, nobody knows elves around here, so, you know, it's just, you know, who would know? And I apologize for that. They, they're not used to being in these sort of uh, lovely... You could say it's a shithole, <laughs> but it's our shithole. So, so, well, I haven't seen Chunga for a while now. I know he dropped by this morning. Oh, you did see him this morning? Well, I didn't see him, but Ma saw him, and you know, I grabbed a few things and, you know, left. Could we speak with... Marta, did you say? Sure. And I'm sorry, which hint is his? And he points to the one closest to you. Well, you know, he's over there, but he stays there with Marta. Marta might be inside. You could probably just go say hi to Marta. And she'd be more than happy to answer questions for his friends. All right. Marta? Yes? Who is it? How big are these tents? Yeah, they're just two-person tents, so you don't really live in the tent. They're intimate You sleep tents. in the tent. Is it the lady from the bar? No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> she comes out. She's mid-20s. 
human, fairly attractive, seen some hard times. What can I do for you? Oh, we're just looking for <laughs> No, your... no, I'm sorry, actually. Have you been with Chunga recently? <laughs> have I been? What do you mean, have I been with Chunga? Are you his friend? Who are you? question. <laughs> Why are you asking after Changa? I have my reasons. Does she look like anything? Like, I'm trying to intimidate, I guess. And it's Okay. Do an intimidation check. This is just getting better and better. <laughs> you guys should let me do the talking. <laughs> 11. Plus? 11. Okay. I'm assuming I'm much taller than she is. Yeah, she's a bit of a willowy thing. I mean, she's I just stand tall and proud and look down on her. Well, why would you be looking for Chunga? Why would any of you be looking for Chunga? Chunga didn't do anything. We didn't say he had. We're just trying to uh, locate him. We were with him last night and he kind of left under strange circumstances and we're just trying to find where he went. We were told that he came here this morning. We spoke to that, wherever he went, that gentleman over there. Mm-hmm. And he said, we should talk to you. Was he here this morning? He when can't... was the last time you were with him? Well, he showed up this morning. I hadn't seen him for a week. And he grabbed a few things. And then he took off. Do you know what he grabbed? Did he tell you where he went? He grabbed his pack and a bedroll and just a few things. And then he said he was going out with his boys again. Are you not his likely. sister? No, I'm not his sister. Oh, this is very interesting. Um, he didn't mention that he was married. He's not married. He didn't mention he has kids. What are you two going on about? Chunga and I are together. Is that the question, bitch? Is she short? Chunga and I are in love. <laughs> I just... And I don't want you around him at all. <laughs> I am literally... You stupid... Elf! <laughs> I hate you! She's short, isn't she? Have you been with Chunga lately? You've been with Chunga. You have been with Chunga. Okay. Okay. Roll initiative. Which You're direction short. did he go? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want all of us to? If you want. Yeah, I want. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can't we settle this peaceably? 23. She whips out a knife from behind her back and comes at you. I'll kill you, elf! I'll kill you! I know you slept with Chunga! I know you have! I'm gonna take the knife from her. Okay, do a grapple check. <clears throat> which means roll uh, athletics. Oh my god. What'd you roll? A seven. You plus... beat her. She got a five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so she comes at you and you kind of scramble a little bit with her, but you manage to take I'm gonna the take the yeah, take and Take her wrist and never drop the, and make her drop the knife. Okay, she's gonna try and break before you can do that. Do I knock the knife out of her hand? At Not least? yet. She's kind of she's struggling. She wants to stab you. I'm laughing. Okay. Still, she just swung wildly. Do you guys intercede at all? Do you do anything? Yeah. Okay, what yeah. are you gonna do? A couple people come out of the other tent. What's going on? Oh, it's just Marge again. Um, I mean, I guess I just kind of throw myself in between them, try and push them apart, get a little distance. Okay, do a grapple. I have also described Sen as willowy, so let that be a little <laughs> preface to what's about to happen here. Oh, that's not bad. That's a 14. Yeah. You can step between. Um, do you let go when he tries to separate yeah. you? Okay. So you let go of her wrist, and she kind of falls back. They don't need to stab anybody just now. 
She's looking at you with. We'll we'll leave. We'll daggers leave. for us. Daggers. Um, Marta, look at me, please. Marta, Marta, Marta. <laughs> she comes again. <laughs> <laughs> Just like this morning. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Gone. Okay, roll. Um, what's your what's your armor class? I'm sure it's fine. <clears throat> it's like this is not a threat. <laughs> Okay, oh, she like, misses. Lund comes around you and lunges toward you. You can actually get a breaking attack if you want to. Mm. I want to dodge and have her. Yeah, but fall I, I don't really want to hurt her. Like, I, yeah, well, like I might try and trip her or something. Yeah. Like, kind of get in her way. You can do a trip as a yeah. Okay, go ahead. Let's do that. Uh, that's a ten. Okay, uh, she dodges the trip and she comes after you, but she misses. And you can step aside, but she kind of wheels around. So now you've got to attack her or grapple her or something. I want to hold my hand out and hold her head. <laughs> it's not going to roll. That doesn't really work. Why not? You can try and grapple her, though. She's got a knife. She wants to stab you. What do you mean? I, don't, I thought I got the knife out of her hand. No, you didn't get it out of her hand yet. You just stopped her from stabbing you. Are we being attacked by Deese? Attack of the seagulls. I tried. Bye, I, bye, bye. I rolled a nine. She rolls a six. <laughs> you guys are on fire. <laughs> okay. So you're able to grab her and kind of contain her. And she's just screaming. Chunga's mine. You leave him alone. You may. He's been on the road so long. He didn't even come in this morning and have sex with me. He just ran out. Gosh, you're just. He's been gone a week. You're hurting He's me. He's been gone a week. I love me. him and he loves he me. He does. does. You bitch. I hate you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're leaving, Marta. Is that what you want? Yes, I want you to leave. Okay, put the knife away. We're we're, we're leaving. You won't see us again. What do Unless you do. You do. <laughs> what do you do? Do you let her go? Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye, Martha. She stands up. I never want to see you again, and neither does Chunga. Chunga hates you. <laughs> you're cute. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. You're ugly. <laughs> your stupid red hair. It's... Stupid. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Stupid. Perfect physique. <laughs> Hate you, you're ugly. Stupid flawless skin. Stupid supermodel. <laughs> <laughs> she storms in the tent and shuts the flap. Well, that was fun. And there's Marta. I, um... Hate to t- say that I told you so, but um, we did discuss that these people have lives here. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, you know, STDs. So be careful. I'm very concerned about that. (laughs) Hey. Syphilis it is. (laughs) Yes, I can heal certain things, but I don't believe I have any ability to help you with disease. Should it come to that? I'm good. So mind the nether regions then. (laughs) Just saying. She was, she seemed very impassioned. Um, Marta. She's very, very, very cute. In love. Very yes. in love. Yes. 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 Yeah, clearly, I mean, you could tell, clearly a single girl um, worried about losing her man, probably with good reason. And so, you Not know. the first time. Any spark is going to light up that barrel of oily rags pretty, pretty, pretty easily. Well, Sin, you appear to be you know, probably correct, perhaps. I mean, I don't know what else we have to go on outside of trying to find the, the barrow. 
It is interesting that he came by here, though. Um, does this town have walls? You have not yeah, seen walls. Right. Okay. Yeah, you haven't seen walls. Or you just step away from the town. Yeah. Take a look. Do we get a sense for how many? Is there that much water around here? I mean, is water. It... You have not seen the water. Okay. But you there moved. is. We can hear the seagulls. Yeah. When you came into the consciousness of these characters, you had sights of sorts uh, as to where you were going. Oh, yeah. Right. And there was... In fact, water out in one direction, um, but you haven't seen the water. You're clearly on the inland side of the city. From that kind of flight, do I recall whether I saw one road or multiple roads leading in here? That's oh, tough one. Give me an intelligence roll. 18. Yeah, there's three roads leading down, and then one, obviously, port, effectively four ways out. Um, so if, if this is... The best theory that we're operating on is that Jim and this other spirit that was disturbed from its eternal rest uh, are residing in Chunga's body together. That's kind of a little mind-blowing for me. I don't know about you guys. Um, Maybe we should actually stop by the crematorium and see if we can get a grasp on how last rites are done here, whether undeath is something that is known and how specifically how one would excise such a spirit do you think the folks at the crematorium might have knowledge of that Uh, it seems well uh, will there be a a church that we would see would that be be possibly with it maybe we actually wasn't (laughs) aren't bells kind of the purview of religious entities in some cultures, yes, to keep away spirits, bad spirits and the like. Maybe we should follow the bells, because I, I think crematorium, there's likely somebody of the cloth there, but or maybe they don't wear cloth. Maybe. I don't know. We I guess we should uh, the go to the bells. crematorium and find out. At this point, I don't know what we have to do. where else we, would we go? Right, we don't, here. well, we don't have a lot of... To go on. Yeah, I mean, we don't know where he went. We I would mean, have I'm to find somebody who knows that where say these barrows this are. Way. Uh, but uh, again, the crematorium, odds are anyone who works in that field would have some idea of local barrows. So to the crematorium we go. All right. I want you to do an uh, intelligence roll for me. Matt. Ten. Thank you for rolling. You're welcome. It's not hard to find the crematorium. You could just kind of ask quick directions and... By the time you get a little bit closer, you can tell. Just follow the smell. Follow the smell is a good key element of that. So as you march up the hill a little bit, go through the tents and up the hill, there seems to be a little bit of a pathway. And as you come up on a rise, you actually intersect another road. And that road is coming up. There's a little bit of traffic on that road, a couple of carts, some horses. What did you do with your horse, by the way? Is it still stable? He is still stable. Okay. As you look down the road, you see a very large building Behind the building is a giant billowing plume of gray ash and smoke coming out. Can only be the sausage factory. Excellent. <laughs> As you get closer, the population starts to thin. That's because they got to find new bodies in the crematorium. <laughs> there are certain characters that are not seen back in the farmer's market. Some of them look a little bit like guards, maybe. They're not really to identify them, either fighters or guards or warriors of some sort. And then there's a few men in black robes, all of them with the same uniform robe, all of them cows pulled down deep 
all of them with a large staff with a huge claw on it. You've seen about three or four of these. Two of them left the crematorium, and uh, one of them seems to be walking toward it. Well, that looks promising. These priests have dark, black, uh, almost non-reflective robes. Their cowls are pulled so low you can't see their face, but what you glimmer is very pale indeed. The staffs are long with that claw on the end of it, and they walk in a processional gait that is just intimidating by itself. Wow. Or scary. I, If I were to imagine what a priest uh, dedicated to a god of the dead would look like. <laughs> that would that be pretty would much be it. it. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to walk with a certain proud and measured gait. Almost as if it's a ritualistic walk. Every step they take is very precise and very Maybe they purposeful. are undead. Maybe they've got Ooh. the undead overseeing the, the rituals <laughs> of the dead. <laughs> That doesn't strike you as a zombie walk, it just, but it could be. <laughs> a very regal zombie walk. It could be a very regal zombie walk. I like this idea, though. I like the idea of the, the undead take care of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> the crematorium goes all night and never stops because no. they don't have to rest. And don't have to pay anybody. There's a funny-looking guy. Looks to be not quite dwarf, not quite human. Scowl on his face. Looks at you guys. Move along. And then as you don't, he moves along. All right, then, just so you know. (laughs) 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 Yeah, some sort of junior guard, obviously, is what strikes you. Okay. But there are other guards that aren't as junior. Maybe we should ask one of the guards. So do we see one of these uh, clawed, grim reapery fellows wandering around, did you say? Like, I'm going to head toward the one that's heading toward the crematorium, if that's possible. Can I catch up with yes, him? Yes, you can. You can catch right up with him. He's not. He's just not going And quickly. before I get there, as, as I'm heading to chat with this fellow, again, I'm trying to search Martellus's memory of anything about these folks, like, especially like an honorific. How, do you call them brothers? Do you call them, do they have any sort of a name? Give me an intelligence roll. That's a 19. You remember they were called Death Walkers. Oh, well, that's promising. All right. So as I approach up behind excuse him there, me, I'm going to go ahead and do a Walker. do a friends. Um, excuse me. He stops. Master Deathwalker fellow. Turns towards you. Pale skin, hollow eyes, violet irises, mouth is sewn shut. Is there any members of your order who can speak? He shakes his head no. Are there any at the crematorium? Who can speak? Uh, do you know of he nods his head no. uh, any nearby barrows? We're concerned that a friend of ours has gone seeking out a barrow, possibly for some unpleasant purpose, and we're trying to stop him. And perhaps you know of some place that's close. He shakes his head no. There are no barrows around here. Are there any of your fellows who would know of such things? He shakes his head no. Hmm. Do you always shake your? He shakes his head. No. <laughs> <laughs> he turns and walks away. You can uh, say, you can keep up with him. He's not trying to race away, but he turns away from you and he continues his procession. No, I'll just stop. I mean, it's kind of a short-term spell. So, anyway. did we notice any of that? Sure, you could have probably been behind Martellus. He kind of raised his head up, and you saw just really pale skin, but you know, not as pale as yours. 
No. And his irises were violet, where yours are actually red. Some similarities. Where the similarity ends is your mouth is not sewn shut. His mouth was sewn shut as if... Trust me, there are plenty of people who have wished that upon me. (laughs) So, yeah, that's what you said. So is that... Would that be shocking to me? Would that be... I don't know. Would that be shocking to you? For me, it would be. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. You've never seen anything like that outside of horror movie on this side of the rainbow so and yeah you know i love a good horror movie that's true mm. unlike jim who likes a bad horror movie i like any <laughs> horror movie <laughs> there's no such thing as a bad horror movie <laughs> so i'm wondering the little dude that told us to move along if they might be a someone to Perhaps. or to see if there's someone ahead in charge or i can try he didn't seem like a particularly friendly fellow but we're not going to get uh, anything out of these death walkers it would appear Although I suppose they might have writing skills of some kind. We haven't really delved into that so he much. He didn't seem terribly interested in helping. No. no. Um, had other places to be. If we do talk to the guards, uh, we should ask if entry and exit from the city is in any way regulated or managed. Perhaps we could find at least which road he took out of town. I don't know if that's a good idea. Only because in an unscrupulous town like this, I would imagine that they're going to say, yes, as a matter of fact, you should pay me X amount of coin right now. Something like that. We could just be setting ourselves up. All right. I guess we pursue the uh, guard apprentice. (laughs) Okay. He's walking around. He's looking at things that don't need looking at. And he's checking out things that don't need checking. He's clearly just a little bit out of his element. You know how... Think of a young security guard at the mall. He's um, very happy and proud to be here. Yeah, he's looking around. You know, his, beard, his beard's actually coming in pretty good. Uh, uh, he looks fairly me, young. Paul Blart. Well, the Metcan, sir. What can I help you with, citizens? That is, if you are citizens. Uh, we're hoping perhaps for a little information about the uh, environs hereabouts, and perhaps you could help us. Are you strangers to these parts? I suppose uh, we the words, are. The words sound a little artificial. Well, the met then, citizens. Uh, well met. Oh, very well met. What can I do for you? What can I help you with? Well, we have a friend of ours who we believe has exited town and is perhaps looking for a barrow. We don't know exactly why. We like a to... wheelbarrow? No, no, no. Like a uh, like a tomb. So that's where we'll end the game for today. But we do want to do one more thing. At the beginning of the episode, I mentioned that we wanted to share with you some of the characters' thoughts and some of the world building that went on to create this setting. These players are amazing players and people that I've known for a long time. I really wanted to capture their ideas and thoughts and share that with you. Hopefully, if you're a D&D player or D&D DM, you'd be able to bring those ideas into your game. And if not, hopefully it gives you an insight into what these games are like off the table, or in this case, away from the microphone. So I hope you enjoy it. Here's Don, Matt, Tracy, and I discussing the game of the lost. All right. So get your mics kind of settled or whatever. Just know when you talk, talk into the mic. Blah, blah, blah. That's all. Yeah, good. Okay. So, uh, so what I want to really chat about obviously is character development and see where you guys are at with your characters, because and Tracy and I talked about this today during D&D POV. Um, it's kind of funny and interesting for me to watch as a DM because you all have different levels of that. We've talked about that a little bit. So mm-hmm. maybe talk a little bit more about that here so we can share it on mic. But uh, but yeah, just kind of chatter about your characters and I'll 
throw questions or talk about the world or whatever like that. That's that reasonable? Sure. All right. Um, so. So I have this really great idea. Go. So I think that we should create some history for each other that oh, she we don't know about because these characters are characters that, I mean, even though we've, we, these are the ones we want to play, we've built, you know, kind of built them up and stuff. But if we found out something about them that mm-hmm. we didn't know that like, sure. just kind of, I was saying round. So to give you an example, so Tracy would create a bit of history for Matt's character. Matt would do it for Don's character. Don would do it for Tracy's character. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just something because I think that's the one thing that I think is kind of missing with this whole concept of it, even though I don't have her fully fleshed out and all that stuff. But I was just thinking it would be kind of interesting, a different, another layer for us to kind of peel, you know, kind of thing. I don't know. Just my initial reaction. Talk was, amongst yourselves. My initial reaction that was Don's going to hate that. <laughs> no, no, not, just, <laughs> not in a different kind of game, like a regular game. Right. Yeah, that might be true. A game where I've really established history and I'm, you know, I, I prefer that. You're fully. To, yeah, I want to build it up with everybody at the table. Right. You know, I don't want there to necessarily be surprises, although I'm fine if the game ask throws in surprises. In sure. fact, I tend to build characters with a lot of little hooks in there so mm. that they can hose me later on in the game because that can be fun. Because <laughs> that's just um but certainly in this game i don't see why that's such a huge issue because we're playing people who already have established histories that we don't know right their histories i mean as the players we know a little bit but even we don't really know we've left a lot of it open i mean a lot more than i would normally do for a character so whether it was the game master adding those extra little bits in or the other players Deciding they want to hose me, which I guess is where this is leading. I don't mean hose. I don't necessarily mean hose. I I just mean, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what it was. Because. Mm -hmm. Well, that's kind of the premise of the game too. It's set up to be kind of co-narrated. So whatever Mm -hmm. you say, it's my obligation to ingest it into the world and make it work. And I actually kind of really dig that, that dynamic. So if you guys are cool doing it with each other, that works for me. Yeah. um, I think that one particular possible stumbling block with that is that we do kind of have permission to create not just information about our characters, but also some information about the cultures they came from, Mm -hmm. kind of fill in those blanks. And the more hands involved in that, especially in a secret way, creates possible stumbling blocks. Like give me an example of where you're- Like uh, Tracy could say, oh, um, Sen, Sen is- bisexual and has a whole harem back in the forest and if we ever go there because <laughs> they uh, all are well, whatever yeah, all the entire culture is whatever, well it's, so yeah saying, different yeah. different procreation and all that stuff right and then i could say well i actually have this idea of kind of a tragic love story where he's sworn never love again right and i've kind of built some things around that and i'm waiting for the moment to explore that and then we get to the forest and i'm like ready and then you say oh here's your harem and Who's your courtesy term? of Tracy. And your long lost right. love is Bruce, not Bella. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Just as an example, right? right. right? Maybe it, uh, yeah. it, could, it, could, it, it well, makes maybe, a little Maybe, maybe, there's, a, a, little maybe there's a middle ground there somewhere. Because yeah. obviously, yeah. You, as the game master, you've got to be the arbiter of these things. You know, well, you I would think know. that's natural. Yeah, that and, I would kind of vet them a little bit and make sure nothing's Right, too and make sure it, it kind of makes sense. And even maybe kind of put it out there, hey, we're going to add something in that's kind of along these lines at some point. Are you cool with that? Without actually necessarily giving everything away. Yeah. Right. Kind of. Um, but you're right. It's kind of a tightrope. A, a little you're, bit. You're, and I think as yeah. long as it's walked well, then right. that can be really cool. I actually really like the idea of other players creating um, 
potential drama lines, right. kind of spider webbing, right? Like we talked about a, a system called Hill Folk before where during the character creation process, um, one person starts and says, this is my character. And then the next person says, this is my character and this is my relation to the previous one. Yeah. And you yeah. just keep going back yeah, and I've forth as you go around. Didn't Critical right? Role play that and do a little bit of somebody? I, I would not be surprised. Or something, but I would well, not be like surprised at all. It's like an acting game, that itself. Is right. Or like, you know, when you start a story, once upon a time, there were mm-hmm. two dogs and... Right. Yeah, just kind of an improv game. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are cool with that, and then no, I can I'm just totally up and make cool sure. I, Especially I, if I'm creating I generally trust you guys not to do something just totally wacky, you know. Right, and honestly, I mean, if it was coming along and you had your tragic love story coming along, I mean, it would be easy enough for you to just say, no, that's just that not going to work. work. You just anymore. ditch it. Yeah, yeah. You, know? work you don't right. have to play by those rules right. if it seems like it's going to screw the whole story up yeah. or, you know, make Matt start throwing things because he didn't get his tragic love story. <laughs> That's all I'm here for. <laughs> We're building up to it. Well, it is, I mean, it is fun and it'd be fun as the DM to explore those things with your character based upon the narrative too. Sure. Right. So either the players could introduce it as kind of a co-narrated thing. Or like everything else, I could ingest it into the story and then that comes out as as something that's interesting from the storyline towards your character. Like Marta, right? Right. Like Chunga's Chunga's girlfriend, Marta. You know, that wasn't something that you knew about or anybody knew about, but it was kind of a fun surprise that Mm -hmm. he had a girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, and that's something that I'm very interested in exploring Marta. In this game, it's Marta. well, not that specifically, but the, like we've touched on it, but the the lives that these characters have that were kind of, interrupting yeah and how horrible it's going to shake out for them in the <laughs> aftermath of that or yeah is it? well i mean it's interesting i mean i've got a whole kind of arc of where what's happening regardless of the characters and we still have that decision we're making and i can go either way where are we going to play these characters for a few levels and then we're going to change into a different world into different characters and Frankly, my reticence to do that is I think you guys will get really attached to the characters and then it would be like, yeah, I don't really want to switch. Right. Yeah. It's hard to know how, yeah. how that would play out. But it depends it's, on it's what Dawn does with done. my character, I guess. <laughs> right. Right. The second I hose her character, she's like, let's make new characters. <laughs> Eldritch Knight by day, hooker by night. <laughs> <laughs> it's a man, baby. <laughs> Your nickname's Pretty Kitty in every city. <laughs> Pretty Kitty in every city. <laughs> that's lovely. Uh, that's funny. So, yeah. Mom, do you guys want to do that? Let's do that. That sounds fun. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of like... Dawn, I tend to write a lot about my character. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I like to right. know where they're coming from and who they are. And right. that's a, a big part of the fun for me. So this is unique in that we aren't doing that nearly to the degree mm-hmm. that we typically yeah. would. Yeah. Um, so this will give me the chance to just do that for Dawn's character. Well, and also do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, decide who's going to do whose character, I guess. Maybe we just is go there, around. Or you could just pick straws. That might be interesting. Oh, yeah. Either or. It doesn't matter to yeah. me. Or we could do it across the board. You know, each of us could pick a trait for each other person. Oh, well, that's you know? a good So idea. that way we all are all involved in everybody else's uh, story to some sure. extent. So everybody does just a little thing for each. I like that actually. Oh, yeah. That, that is fun. strikes me as interesting. There you go. Yeah, cool. I have to think about it. I have to think about it. That's interesting.
This is the Game of the Lost. I'm Jim Nelson. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep on rolling. The Game of the Lost is a dark and stormy podcast production. Cast Don Darling, Matt Oakley, and Tracy Nelson. Additional voice work by Shauna Brand. Produced, hosted, and edited by me, Jim Nelson. Thanks again for listening to The Game of the Lost.